0: You kings, queens, and those in between, and welcome to episode 23 of the Busted Limes podcast. I'm your host, Parish Maharaj. Black Belt will not be joining us, but he will be here in the next episode. Trust me on this. We are working on some really cool things, but I've got the next best thing. A recur At this point, I believe this is his third time on the show here, so it's safe to call him a recurring guest. World-renowned Twitter wife guy. Grant himself.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me on once again. This is the, uh, as we can see, the Grant Everywhere uh, update has taken effect, and I'm just constantly surprising the podcast around every turn, just <laughs> <laughs> appearing oh, out sort of burger joints and with cones on my head.
0: <laughs> oh boy! But yeah, you the last two times you were on here, yeah, you were here to discuss Troll Hunter and Common Rider build. Those were. Yeah two of my personal favorite episodes and i really mean that
1: well thank you so much it's great it is great to be back
0: oh yes and especially tonight of all nights Mm. because it is friday night
1: (laughs) that's actually the whole show we just we just hum (laughs) and sing friday night together. Oh, yeah. yeah, just
0: just for 90 minutes. We just hummed Friday night. <laughs>
1: it would actually probably be uh. a pretty good episode, I would think. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah.
0: <laughs> we, we, we've both got dulcet tones. We could make it work. I think we
1: could. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, we'll put that in the back burner, maybe put keep it as a Patreon exclusive whenever we get a Patreon. Um, but, yeah, for those of you who are just confused at that reference, we are here to talk about Yakuza 0. The... Mm. Canonically, the f- well, chron- chronologically, the first game in the Yakuza fr- video game franchise, which it tells, which is the beginning of the stories of our, other, of that other resident himbo, Kiryu, and also detailing the meme tastic origins of Goro Majima. Mm. But before we get into that, um, I feel like we should start with uh, our history with the Yakuza franchise. Uh, I'll go first. Um, So Yakuza 0, I deliberately started with this one since I heard that it was the chronological first game. And, Mm -hmm. of course, there were games that were released way before this one. So I did go in just fully expecting to not get the references that were foreshadowing, well quote-unquote, future games, if that makes sense. Right, right. Yeah, like, there's this whole sub-quest where the, Kiryu's talking to a fortune teller, and I'm just like, oh, I I wonder what this is... That's a reference, dude. That's a reference. I recognize it as a reference. Not sure what it's a reference to, but <laughs> I, I could pick up on this. But other than that, my exposure to the Yakuza franchise was really just out-of-context- memes and gifs just being posted all over Twitter before I finally managed to (laughs) pull the trigger on getting this one on PS4 and yeah, what hooked me was okay, so I realized the reason why people, a lot of people focus on how goofy and and for and honestly genuinely heartfelt at a lot of places, we'll get to that is the plot itself is kind of complicated. Mm. Like, we'll get into this uh, later, but th- th- this is, I-, I don't know, this is, like, freaking. I hate to, like, beat this dead horse, but it's, like, Game of Thrones level of family interactions and hierarchies and something about an empty parking lot that, for some reason, if you buy it, you'll control Kamarocha or something... Mm. Can I can I just sing karaoke again, please? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, on a, just to sum up my thoughts is that I played through it. I really enjoyed it, and yeah, we'll get into more detail as the episode goes on. But um, Grant, you're more. You seem more to you see more of a seasoned yakuza veteran or so to speak so what were your what's your history with the yakuza franchise
1: um not really that much longer uh like yourself i mostly like i was aware of the franchise um i had friends that had played it back when i was in college uh in the you know 2000s and they mentioned it and i was like okay You know, I didn't really think anything of it. I've never played them. I saw a lot of the memes and such, um, and a lot of people I uh, really trust and respect were constantly recommending the games to me. And of course, Yakuza Zero went on sale for like five bucks, as it does. And so I I picked it up. And um, truth be told, I wasn't sure what I was in for exactly, and I wasn't. I wasn't even really in a... Uh, my headspace was almost like uh, at, around the time. I guess this would have been like 2018, 2019 when I played it. I Or Yakuza 0 specifically. I was kind mm-hmm. of in a real game lull. Like I'd really just gotten to a place where I wasn't playing a lot of games. A lot of the games that I used to enjoy or games like them just weren't doing it for me. So I was really in this place of like, have I... You know, not outgrown video games, but am I just not, you know, am I burnt out on this stuff? Do I not really even enjoy this anymore? Uh, so, yeah, it, it really um, revitalized kind of my love and enjoyment of gaming in general. Um, in part because of it, it's so unique and special uh, and, and, and really engrossed me. But at the same time, um, I mean, it is still of a, a video game right it is still it's not so bizarre it's not so strange or so um, uh, so weird it, yeah it's not like you're playing a VR game or it's not like you're playing something truly uh, odd like you know Man or something on dreamcast oh, geez which, you know yeah. challenges what you know like it is still a, a pretty classic kind of action adventure game in oh, many yeah. senses but the, its structure and the storytelling and cinema on display really drew me back in and reminded me why I love these uh, interactive experiences so much. Right,
0: what were some of your favorite parts?
1: Um, well, uh, and I guess I should also mention, I've only played Yakuza 0 and Kiwami. Um, I'm about to start 2 sometime soon as my I home have
0: home. O- <laughs> I have only played 0, and I'm like a f- good, healthy bit of the way through Like a Dragon.
1: Okay, okay. See, yeah. I want to get to Like a Dragon, too. I'm, I'm also... My backlog is eternal. I'm trying to play all of the... I've been playing all the Dragon quests in order. And so, like, those Jeez. tend to take precedence. And I'm about to start 11. And that's going to, like, take over my life. I just know it. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, I've played Zero and Kiwami, just kind of for perspective. Um, but Zero... Uh, I, I guess, I, for me, my favorite part was... Um, I mean, I knew Majima and Kiryu from the memes... Mm-hmm. um and so I was definitely not prepared for majima being at least that initial presentation where he's much more upstanding oh yeah sort of uh, a good guy majima mm-hmm. uh, if you will for, for for this world um but I think what really hooked me was chapter four which is the one where um majima and uh Makoto like you have to guide her yes. through the city and there's all those groups of goons trying to catch you both and it's it's a bit of a stealth yeah. section, I guess, but there are some unavoidable fights in it. But just I, I realized somewhere like I was enjoying, it. I was like, okay, this is good. This is like a crime drama thing. Okay, we're having fun. And then by the end of chapter four I was like, oh no, this game has its hooks in me like deep. Like I have oh, yeah. to know what happens to these oh, two kids. Absol- <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well yeah, yeah well, the minute Makoto gets involved
1: uh, it's like
0: buckle up.
1: Uh, yeah right <laughs> that's
0: that's where the game gets its heart that's where it grows mm-hmm. its heart mm-hmm, and for sure. shows you exactly what um majima is all about which uh i did uh i don't know if i'm the first one to make this observation but uh i feel like goro majima's character arc can basically be summed up as that classic simpsons thing from um i think it's the episode maggie makes three it's the one with the um don't forget you're here forever, but the, but at the end it's the sign changes to do it for her. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's very much <laughs> yeah, do that, it for that's, her. <laughs> yeah, that,
0: that's Goro Majima's um, uh, character arc in a nutshell. Yeah, he starts right. off, don't, for, don't forget you're here forever. At the end, do it for her. Mm-hmm. Do it yes. for Makoto, man. Because, <laughs> my God, that ending cut, uh, That ending cutscene was... Oh, by the way, we're going to tell a lot of spoilers here just in case you don't know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Please go play Yakuza 0, uh, and then come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, go play through all um, 57 hours of just the <laughs> chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, because this is a dense game. and uh, But, just to finish my thought, uh, the closing cutscene where um, Goro Majima is in full Majima mode, he's mm. in the iconic uh, snakeskin jacket that we see him in, and um, mm-hmm. that whole time where he's interacting with Makoto, and Makoto just looks at him, because she's... Bl- Long story short, the- Makoto is blind for most of the game. She gets her sight back. I, I can't I blank it on the details, but yeah, she gets her her sight corrects itself at, towards the end. Mm-hmm. And during that entire closing cutscene, um, Majiba does not say a word in front of her. Right. And... It took me a second, but I just went, oh, wait, he doesn't want her to recognize his voice.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: God damn. (laughs) My chest. It made me so happy when she actually survives getting shot, because I swear to God, if they had fridged Makoto, I would have just put the game away right there.
1: Yeah, I was afraid, I was really afraid that she was not going to make it through the story, and then, you know, monkey's paw curling, I got my wish, she made it, but... The tragedy that they can't be together or won't be together. It's like, no.
0: <laughs> but it's for the best, Grant. You have to understand.
1: Not for me, though, for my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse so. for your
0: heart than Waffle House.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like, th- their their story is so critical. And the sort of dual protagonist element with Ma- uh, Goro and, and Kiryu is really compelling and really fun. Yeah. It- um, storytelling wise and mechanically like there's just a lot to enjoy there um that makes it a, a really unique little experience
0: yeah ultimately i don't think i'm be really ruffling any feathers by saying this but i think i prefer majima like to play as i mean because his oh
1: oh like mechanically like with his different yeah. like stances and stuff
0: that too oh yeah for sure yeah because you can't beat break dancing and bat nunchucks
1: yeah, the, the breakdancing style is really, really fun to play. Oh, for uh, sure, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> and it's, it's hard. It's hard for Kiryu to top that cause, like, yeah. especially because Brawler is just like mm-hmm. I don't want to call it the generic style, but it's like generic punchman style. Yeah, it is. You know, it, it is. so he it feels like Kiryu only really has two styles, really. So, yeah, yeah. Majima has. A, it's a lot of fun having having those extra sets of skills and stuff and he's very flashy <laughs>
0: and another thing too is that uh, goro Majima's uh, branch of the story is the only one that has the hostess minigame
1: mm. which yeah that's true
0: by far my favorite part of the game and honestly <laughs> and yeah I know how that sounds but um it's not what it's not what you would expect from something like that it is actually yeah, for... handled
1: competently. <laughs> Yeah, for something yeah. called the hostess minigame, where you manage a club and teach girls how to interact with and chat up customers, mm-hmm. every part of that is like that's the skeziest, like creepiest game thing you could do, but it's actually genuinely really wholesome and wonderful. Oh yeah, and for like, sure, a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> those training sessions that you do, the the camera forces you to look at the girl in the eyes as you're speaking mm-hmm. to them, and some of the ants like some of the best answers well some of them are obvious like there's this one i remember where the girl says please don't laugh but the only thing i could really cook is fried chicken one of the choice dialogue choices is all caps
1: ha 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 ha, ha.
0: obviously that's the wrong one <laughs>
1: Wait, I'm not supposed to just laugh in women's faces. All right, I'm making a note. I'm <laughs> oh, a note not to do that. Underlining well, it three times.
0: Three times. <laughs> okay, but add make it a fourth time just to be safe. <laughs> but then there are ones that are less obvious. Like I swear to God, listeners, I am not making this one up. Um, there's this one where because Yakuza Zero takes place in 1989, it's uh, apparently an economic boom in Japan at the time. So, yeah, classic she,
1: bubble era stuff. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and that she actually brings that up. She asks you to your face like what where do you think this is going? And the correct answer is we're in a bubble, it's going to burst soon. And she's mm. and she compliments you for being like, "Yeah, you're right. Uh, people are so confident with their money now that they don't know how to save it and we're going to we're heading towards a crash soon. You're very insightful." And th- th- this is from... Again, this is from the Hostess minigame. hmm Gosh. Which... Also, another thing, too, is that... Um, mechanically speaking, the Hostess minigame, it's really... Um I was so proud of myself for figuring it out, especially the different hand gestures. Like, I could still do each... If this was a visual medium, I would demonstrate each one because I could. I know which <laughs> one is... Oh, this one. Oh, she's folding her hands outward. That's, that's a menu. Oh, she's got her pinky and... Th- she's got the hang loose symbol, but it's upside down. She needs ice. Mm. And, and um, yeah. And honestly, that whole... Um, it is surprisingly complex, because you have to... There's this whole element of, oh, you have to give the girls some time off, because they get tired, and otherwise, if you push them too far, the game will make them take a day off for you. Um, yeah, that, no commentary in there whatsoever, you know? No social commentary <laughs> in that. <laughs> not
1: uh, even a little.
0: Not even a little. And um, there's also the uh, making sure you have the right girl for the right customer's taste. Um, I'm still kind of uh, miffed that there's a scold girl option when a customer yeah, right, gets upset. Right. I never did that. Not even mm-hmm. once. Because I have to deal with the general public. I know what it's like.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, man. Yeah, I, th- I think that really speaks to the strengths of the game. and the- I mean, it is it's very easy to get drawn in with just the memes and, okay, there's some cool, like, over-the-top-looking action. And it certainly is those things. But I mm-hmm. guess if, you know, it's it's the action, it's the memes, it's the storytelling, it's the mini-games, it's the characters. Like, Yakuza is a very uh, very fleshed-out and kind of enriching world to be in with lots mm-hmm. of people. And at the end of the day, whether you're sort of doing... Whether you're doing good, right, like, you know, making connections with people and saving lives, mm-hmm. or whether you're sort of doing evil, right, like you're beating the crap out of people and throwing mm-hmm. them through walls and hitting them with bicycles or doing ver- you know, various criminal stuff or what have yeah. you, or mm-hmm. just doing things that are uh, e- even a sort of mundane level of evil, right, like you, we all got to work, like we got to make money, mm-hmm. and it means you sometimes have to do unsavory things or work in jobs you wouldn't necessarily like, but... Oh, Yakuza yeah. finds a way to really instill all of those things with a very human element that makes yes. it feel very true to life. And sometimes that kind of tonal breadth in a work can make it feel disjointed and right. give you kind of a kind of whiplash. But with Yakuza, it, it, it's more like real life, right? Like your everyday life, e- any given day doesn't have a thematic like it doesn't have like an overarching theme there's going to be funny times and sad times and boring times and weird stuff like even in a given 24-hour period you're going to exhibit quite a few uh, random events in your life and i think yakuza manages to capture that and feel very natural because it does all of those things and the the characters the, the very human people are at the center of it always
0: oh yeah and the Place where that co- where I think that comes through the most are in the sub stories because talk about mm-hmm. variety of self contained stories mm. in a video game like this is the game with the dominatrix side quest, right? <laughs> yeah. Which talk about another thing that could have easily been mishandled.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, because
1: yeah, I. Oh, sorry. I thought, I thought you were done. No, I'm was, I
0: was just going to summarize it, but we'll finish your thought first.
1: Uh, just uh, e- even those things which could be I- – I guess there's a – there's an element with a lot of these things that, whether it's the Dominatrix subquest or it's the you know the VHS store uh, with the, those sort of raunchy videos. Right. Guys <laughs> that run around in diapers or whatever's going on. Um, it feels – a lot of those elements in mini games or other works and so forth feel very kind of voyeuristic and very pandering and they feel like you know no matter how it's framed maybe by what the characters are saying like the camera and like there's there's all these elements that make you go okay I'm supposed to be enjoying this even if theoretically like this is quote unquote bad like I'm being shown this cuz it's meant to be tantalizing to me the viewer and it, you don't really get that sense in a lot of the Yakuza stuff. Like, no, you really it don't. really does. Like, you feel like Kiri. You feel like you're kind of standing there in, like, generic standing man pose. And people are being weird in weird. front of you. And you're like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> being weird. Which That's is a... actually very true to life. Oh, for sure.
0: For sure. Like, my God. Um, I... It, just go to any anime convention. You will yeah. experience that.
1: <laughs> just like, why are you doing this near me? Please, please give me some space. Please cease. That, <laughs> and that feels very authentic, um, uh, just to, to kind of life experience and makes Kiryu, particularly, but Goro too, mm-hmm. relatable in the sense that, like, everyone around them is acting and all different kinds of. You know, sometimes you're like. Kiryu and Goro are sometimes the like most eccentric people in the world in the room. Sometimes they're the least eccentric, sometimes they're just run of the mill. Right, right? right? There's not this sense like every time Kiryu walks in the room, goes, "Oh my god, it's Kiryu." Right. Oh, yeah, Like they're but you're also not like a complete nobody. Like the, the you interact in different spaces and with different people and in different worlds and no matter even though these characters exist in an underworld, right? They exist in this kind of criminal underworld. Where they have some level of acknowledgement and like recognition They're, they keep you keep running into all these other strange subcultures um and some of them kind of run together from kiwami too but it's like mm. okay here is where we do the rc car racing right and this yeah. is its own <laughs> oh self-contained <God. laughs> world with you know winners and losers and and people who are running the show and calling the shots and like or it's collectible card games or it's um you know the the dominatrix thing or it, it doesn't really matter where you're at you're or, or it, maybe it's the uh homeless population in the the park right like everywhere you go like you keep running yes. into these these kind of self-contained not entirely but self-contained subcultures that you have to interact with and figure out like what's the move and who do i talk to and all this and like that it feels very authentic um in, in that sense, I think, and it doesn't, it, it allows you to, it allows the game to strike a lot of different tones, um, just kind of throughout, like, you don't have this, like, steady sense of, like, oh, I started here, and now I'm, like, 100 million percent recognition or awareness, and everywhere I go, everybody knows me, and everyone's afraid of me, or, you know what I mean, like, there's right, not, right, like, it doesn't feel like the whole world knows who you are, but also, it doesn't feel like the opposite either. Like there's you're constantly engaging in different levels, and I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, that you really get you genuinely gave me a new insight onto the game there. That that's that was great. Um Do what I can. Oh <laughs> I do wanna <laughs> get into more detail though, because and starting with the Dominator side quest, because I'm sure there are some listeners out there who are wondering what the hell I'm talking about. So <laughs> there is in fact a substory about a young dominatrix, because you, th- so the way the sub stories are triggered, is like there's no visual indication of them on the map or in the game at all. You just mm-hmm. stumble upon, like occasionally you'll just be walking through the streets of Camarosa, and the camera. The only way you know that the sub quest is about to start is the camera will shift and you'll see subtitles sub- sub- subtitles of people talking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in this particular case, the sub quest begins with. A young dominatrix being scolded by her boss outside of a, a quote-unquote, club. Um, She's being criticized for not being assertive, aggressive enough, and it's costing the club business. So Kiryu, also curious Kiryu, decides to... (laughs) Curious
1: George... What shenanigans will he get into today?
0: (laughs) Well, in this case, he'll um, go up to the dominatrix and uh, she'll say, Hey, you're a tough looking guy. Can you teach me to be tough? And Kiryu's just like, okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so then it gets better. He takes... Because he gathers he he's not, Kiryu doesn't dabble with that sort of lifestyle at all but he's able to gather that you in order to be a dominatrix you have to exude confidence you have to be able to say some dumb shit and mean it hmm. so he literally takes her to a public park where there are people who can hear her and see her and says okay I'm now repeat after me you would like that, you filthy pig. <laughs> and yeah, this, this continues for a v- just long enough for it to retain its humor, because comedic timing is essential for this one. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, um, the way the quest ends is, um, you hide in the closet while she's working with a client. You accident, Kiryu accidentally makes a noise, and re- instead of fumbling the girl who you've been training this whole time, remembers what she practiced and says, "He, he oh, that's just your audience. Like, she didn't know that she, Kiryu was going to come stumbling out of the closet. She had to make that up on the spot. Mm-hmm. So, that, and that's just Yakuza. He, he, Kiryu just had a, just stumbled upon a random stranger and changed the trajectory of their life, as you do. Right, right. And... It even comes back in smaller ways because even sub-stories um, in general will come back around in, diff- in different unique ways. Like, um, going back to Kiryu, um, there's a like a business management mini-games that you use to just grind out money in the end-games just you can afford mm. to do anything and everything. Um, and the people you meet in the sub-stories, they are employees. They end up being employees that you can hire. Um mm-hmm. And just even taking it one step even further is there's a series of subquests where you ride into a radio show and you have to... They're accepting crazy stories. Guess what those crazy stories are? The sub-stories that you've already experienced. Right. <laughs> like, ugh. everything yeah, it- comes back around. Everything is connected. Because that's the thing. That's another thing I want to talk about. Um, For... An open-world sandbox, um, Yakuza is actually... And I'm not saying this is a criticism. This actually works in its benefit. It is actually very contained.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's really it. The closest analog, and I, I, I don't mean this like... Um, I, mean, I guess, a, you know, what is the, I guess, iconic open-world game of modern times? And it's probably the Grand Theft Auto particularly. Grand Theft Auto yeah. yeah. 3, mm-hmm. which, once that hit... You know, and I had played the other Grand Theft Auto games, and they were fun little top-down, uh, you know, <laughs> run and gun kind of steal some little goofy cars, and they were fine. They were mm-hmm. fun little games for what they were. But Grand Theft Auto 3, you know, that was that was it, and is still in many ways we're still in the the fallout of the open worldness of Grand Theft Auto, go anywhere, do anything kind of element. Oh. But you know, with Grand Theft Auto, um, it's it's a it's a very different kind of vibe um yakuza doesn't really intend to be this kind of pseudo gary's mod physics simulator where you can you know do anything destroy anything become anyone it's like you're saying it's much more contained it's not trying to emulate the scope and the scale i mean that's really a big thing that was impressive about grand theft auto at the time Right. Um, with certainly like Liberty City or Vice City and San Andreas. Like these are such big places with so many things to do, but obviously a lot of those things end up feeling rather shallow and repetitive because, mm-hmm. the, you know, there's limitations, and we see that a lot in, I think, many open world games that try to emulate, that go after s- s- uh, scale and scope. One of the things that they struggle with is making everything ends up feeling really samey. Right. You have to go. Free twenty-five radio towers, or go collect seventy-five posters, or get ninety-three feathers, and it's busy like just work. Doing this. Yeah, it's like I'm doing busy work, and I'm doing. Technically, there's more to do, but I'm just doing the same thing over and over in different places, and it all starts to run together. Mm-hmm. But Kamarocho is such a contained little uh, kind of uh, little space, right? Like it's not even like we're gonna do all of Tokyo, or like no, it's like it's this mm-hmm. one place. That you can, you start to learn. You start to learn its back alleys and Mm -hmm. its main thoroughfares. You start to learn where things are, like Mm -hmm. you live in the area, you know. And that sense of containment allows them to really pack a lot into that very small space. You don't have to worry about generating, you know, 17 castles or 95 challenges of this, that, and the other, right? And, like, all these, like, kind of samesy... uh, rep- repetitive quests everywhere. Like it can be really mm-hmm. a tailored experience. It's a it's a it's a flourishing garden, but it's very small kind of square footage and footprint. Um, and you, every, around every corner, there's a new side story to encounter and people to meet and things to do and mini games to play. You've got styles to unlock, and again, you know, Ma- uh, Majima's got the, the hostess mini game that feels really distinct and interesting, and mm-hmm. then kiryu has got the real estate mini game, and that feels really distinct and interesting. And they're both kind of the same thing. They're more to do, but they don't they feel like wholly different, fully fleshed out, entire games that are really well thought out in and of themselves. Um, and there's so much that you can do, and it all feels so character-based. Um, that's that's it's really impressive. Yeah, it, honestly, it it, it it feels more open in a good way, but it, like it doesn't even feel like an open-world game because the scope is intentionally like so much smaller, and mm-hmm. like that's that's a hundred percent to its benefit. And I feel like so many games could learn from. Uh, the, the kind of this approach and this model that um, RGG has done—it's like you really, you know, it's because it is kind of the same thing, right? You fight yeah. a lot of the same fights and go to and you talk to people and learn their stories. Like the gameplay loop is not groundbreaking. It's
0: really not. That, that was one thing I kind of wanted to mention is that although the it, it is a very arcadey kind of yeah. feel to it, like you, um, you, you really only. Your combos and your different styles don't really change all that much. They'd maybe just add Not like a really. couple other moves. But then
1: yeah.
0: the upgrades are really more just like effects that your moves have. Like maybe right. you for this one, you'll take down more damage when you're drunk. Uh, another mm-hmm. one is like you, um, if you hold down the button at the certain time. Or my favorite one though, that with Kiryu, is um, I really like this one. Uh, if you build up your heat meter enough, um, if you have your back to the wall and. The opponent is facing you. If you press triangle, you will do a, a special heat move where he will basically he'll dodge out of the way. Get yourself out of that predicament by <laughs> breaking your opponent's leg and kicking the shit out of him. Right, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, none of the gameplay loops are really all that mechanically... Uh, groundbreaking right it's Mm -hmm. got a lot of the same systems you would expect it doesn't really reinvent the wheel in that sense but by really honing in and only covering so much ground quite literally um, it's a very authentic experience now that's that's not to say Mm -hmm. that it's just scope because it it takes a lot of really strong writing and really important character um, a, a, a real investment inside characters and making them interesting and fun Uh, But at the same time, you like you're talking about these connections, like the radio show thing or whatever, you Mm -hmm. can set up those connections very easily because these people are in such a small area. Exactly. It doesn't have to be like, oh, you know, if it were another game where you can travel across continents or whatever, it's like, why would you ever run into any of the same people again unless they went through, they teleported or, you know, they went through some life-changing event and it would feel like, why are you all the way over here? Whereas it's like, this is Kamarojo, It's like it's, it's not We're that big. Like it's ra- this little space, and of course you're gonna keep running into these people. <laughs> yeah, and honestly,
0: uh, not to not to switch gears for a second here, but that was actually a problem that I had with Elden Ring. Is that it, mm. that as much as I love that game, it is too goddamn big. It's like, huge. The like massive. I, yeah, because every time, like my go-to phrase whenever I tell people is like, "Oh, I want to do a thing in Elden Ring. Okay, I better set aside four fucking hours it's just shit, so right? I could do this one thing," and. Of course, there's not getting into uh, not getting into how you are constantly having to glance at a wiki just to do one side quest. But, <sighs> reg- but honestly, just back to Yakuza Zero, yeah, you, it's exactly that. You don't get that uh, sense. You don't. You, you do not get overwhelmed at all, unless For you sure. get ganged up on in, in a freaking alleyway. But <laughs>
1: uh, right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the the <laughs> scope of the game and knowing where you're at, is really not that difficult just because it's not a huge space and that allows them to do certain things that bigger games simply would not or could not do Mm -hmm. or just to fill you know quite literally to make things visually interesting and engaging they have to use a lot of you know procedural generation or something like that to really kind of fill out the world and that doesn't really have to happen here it can be this very uh, finely kind of crafted small experience and that really benefits it a lot. Oh, yeah, because
0: so. another thing, too, that I noticed is that everything is within walking distance. I rarely use the fast travel in this game because it does, in right. fact, have fast travel, the taxis.
1: Right, exactly. It does It does have it. And even that, like, the benefit of being a modern setting, you know, that, that like, you can do things. Like, of course there's fast travel because <laughs> taxis, right? That kind of stuff. <laughs> um, like, the of sa- course that exists.
0: The save, <laughs> the save spots are telephone booths. Because again, oh, right, 19, yeah. 1980. Oh my God, I will never forget one of my biggest airheaded moments was um, when I was first playing this game and I first went to the karaoke bar. I was thinking uh-huh. to myself, "Wow, this karaoke bar must uh, be falling on hard times. This technology is so outdated." Oh wait, this game takes place in yeah.
1: 1989. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is it 89
0: or is it 85? I'm pretty sure it's 89.
1: Maybe it is. Okay. I Either was way. thinking it was. Yeah. Uh, no, no, i sure, Either I'm sure. way, yeah, it's set in the 80s, and mm-hmm. the, the technology appropriately um, fits that, you know, and only saving it, the pay phones and all that kind mm. of stuff. It's um, it's a, it's such a really great, or that even allows for those little side stories like, um, you know, with <gasps> helping the kid with his Dragon Quest cartridge or whatever. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff. And it's like it was really his dad, and all all those things. But none none of it is. You're you're not going to be like wowed by the mechanics per se, right? But you don't you know you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. Of course, um, plenty of games are you know a hodgepodge of borrowed mechanics, but uh, the the character based nature and the story being told, and all the little stories told in the sub stories, and the, the the breadth of what you can do. Um, is also, I don't know, it's, it's all done with such earnestness and it's so genuine and well done. I don't really mind that it's just kind of an okay action game when it comes right down to it.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it's more, it's definitely a game where the how plays second fiddle to the why you're doing things. Because mm-hmm. the reason why you're doing a lot of the things in this game, well, main, if we're talking about the main story anyway, is out of, because even though... I had a hard time following the story myself, as you just heard at the beginning. But, the, <laughs> but what comes through is Kiryu's loyalty to his friends, and mm-hmm. there's Absolutely. a certain there's a certain scene where um, Makoto's brother dies, which I just had to. It, it ends a chapter, and I honestly had to put the controller down and just like walk out mm-hmm. of the room because I was right. just destroyed. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Man. Going back to what you said, um, I was so happy that they tastefully portrayed homelessness in this game.
1: Because,
0: mm-hmm. again, speaking of things that are easy to mess up, uh, yeah. looking at, look at you. Um, well, I was gonna say looking at you beyond two souls, but um, honestly, that might have been those might have been the better parts of that game. But regardless. The- Here you, in a lesser game, the way this... Okay, so the way it actually plays out in the game is uh, Kiryu is... I think he's exiled from the family. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so he's forced to stay in a homeless uh, shelter or homeless camp in the park. And Mm -hmm. a lesser... You know how this would have gotten with a a weaker rider. It would have just like, oh man, it would be like a straight up fish out of water thing where he's just... He is so clueless that he ends up being accidentally cruel to the homeless right. people already there. But no, Kiryu—he is able to adapt. So he—he's—he he's, walks up in there wearing his signature suit, uh, but he's just like, okay, this is a this is where I'm at now, and then he goes to pe- he goes to the other homeless uh, people as equals and asks, okay, what do I do?
1: Oh, right? Like, yeah,
0: yeah. And then, of course, the homoestead is like, okay, you can sleep here, um, and we've got all of these uh, little gambling th- places that we uh, do to just pass the time. And can I just... I, I don't like gambling minigames, or even gambling in real life for obvious reasons, but <laughs> just the fact that seeing uh, these... These this community and fully fleshed out and to the point where you have they have these little entertainment centers for them to pass. It's just so human and so tasteful and and you know I'm I'm, screw articulate. I'm not. I'm trying to be articulate about this, but it really is just simply good. Mm
1: -hmm. Like it's just good <laughs> yeah it, it very much feels like i guess i've often remarked that um yakuza feels like what shenmue was going for or yeah. perhaps what i thought shenmue was trying to be um but like shenmue there's there's a real high kind of verisimilitude to the world and like you can interact and maybe you can't open every single drawer or mm-hmm. nightstand mm-hmm. or whatever but you you know if you get bored in real life, you do something else. If you get bored in this game, you go and do something else. You do can something. go play Sega arcade games or, yes. or whatever um, at, at any given time. And then things like, again, like you're saying, like with the the, the homeless uh, sort of population there in um, it it feels very true to life, and they're just another group of characters that cure you. Befriends or works alongside, and sometimes has to uh, 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 oppose or, mm-hmm. or work alongside, or just get information from, or just pass on by. Right? They're a group no like no different than any other, um, and that's really important. I think that that every every part of the town and game is kind of like that. That mm-hmm. so it's, it's really just you ingratiating himself into whatever group, and you know doing what he needs to do and moving on and meeting all these people. Oh yeah. um, But the 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 mini game even the mini games even when they're not necessarily fun the character focus makes me want to do them like i i don't know i think this is zero where there's a maybe it's Kiwami where there's a um a, a dad who is trying to win a prize from a, a like a bunny prize from a claw machine is yeah that in zero or was that i Kiwami? I,
0: I haven't played quite but it sounds like it sounds familiar, but maybe, go, go maybe ahead.
1: it's Kiwami, though, because maybe that's the one where you end up finding the. Because Kiwami, one of its big mini games is the like, there's these like uh, insect card battling thing, but all the oh. insects are also like scantily clad, like wrestling women. Oh. Um, <laughs> but anyway, there, that uh, that's still a good example because when you're first going in there, there's a dad who's trying to win this bunny from a claw machine, and you also, you basically of course kiryu style try to help him win the bunny for his daughter and it's like very few games can get me to play a claw game and be invested in it but because i'm trying to get a stuffed bunny for a little girl i'm invested and i want to win at this stupid claw game right and i think that's, that's really yakuza's selling point whether it's these little mini games that mimic other real life games or the rc racing uh or whether it's the street fighting which isn't always the best mechanically I I think it's a sound game but there are times when the system feels a little like it's stretching a bit at the seams but I'm so invested I'm going to play it and I'm not going to really worry about the blemishes too much because I I care so much about what's happening and who it's happening to. Yeah.
0: Fuck Mr. Shakedown though. My god.
1: Mr. Shakedown. Ugh, let's uh. t- let's
0: talk about Mr. Shakedown for a second. Okay, another <laughs> another reason I preferred uh, Majima over Kiryu is because I had an easier time beating Mr. Shakedown as uh, Majima because I would just wear him down with the uh, breakdancing style and then just yeah. charge up enough heat for the baseball bat ultimate attack and it would just mm-hmm. chip away at his health. And um, but my God, with Kiryu, I would struggle a lot because. Even when you do kind of figure him out, it because well, how would you go about beating him? Like, what was your
1: strategy? Well, to... so I eventually just ignored him quite a bit. Um, I understand. I think my my key problem with the Yakuza system and and the, at least the fighting mechanics. So the each yeah. each of them has the three different styles. I like mm-hmm. the style switching. I like mm-hmm. how distinct they feel, yes. even when there's no. Visual cue, right? Like Majima has the like the colors come out, and that helps. Or like Majima, mm-hmm. like the difference between say like break dancing and his weapon style is night and day. Mm-hmm. Kiryu doesn't always have that, right? Brawler versus like say Beast mode. Yeah, Beast is really just kind of a, a vibe change for Kiryu, he <laughs> just kind of like <laughs> Shit, squares right. up a little more. Shit, he doesn't right. really have a lot to like. There's no like he doesn't get to hold a bat or something, right? Like right. So right. it. it It all works, and it looks really good. I think the problem that I have, particularly with boss-type characters, right? Mr. Shakedown and all that. Mm -hmm. Kiwami is much worse about this, by the way. But Yakuza 0 still has this problem. Mm -hmm. The Yakuza bosses feel really weird. They're really weird to fight. Um, The regular goons feel okay to fight. Um, And I I don't ever... Like, when when I'm playing and fighting the regular goons, if I get hit or knocked down or something, I'm like, okay, yeah, I should have seen that. Or I was just mashing. Yeah, I got yeah. I, I you know, I, I, I got too busy there. But the bosses will randomly get super armor or randomly stand there and then randomly attack you. Mm-hmm. It's not always clear what they're going to do and the tells are not that obvious. I, I feel like um it's the wrong kind of difficulty where normally yes. you would want a boss fight to be a like sort of a player skill gate. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get past here unless you've learned x lesson the game wanted to teach you and then by the time you get to boss 2 you've mm-hmm. learned you need to take x and also apply y now right and the game will hopefully sort of shepherd you along and you can only progress through learning the game's fundamental mechanics hopefully yeah right yeah uh yakuza doesn't really have that like I, it even at the end of the game i feel like i'm not like it just feels like a test of my inventory Um, yeah oh god yeah how many super bottles did i bring (laughs) Uh, which doesn't feel great no no, it doesn't zero is not about as bad about it as kiwami is but zero still has those struggles but i think the real the key struggle that i have with the combat because i like the combat i like the combo systems the heat attacks look terrific yes they feel right everything feels right it's just that i do not like the way even a single hit can basically reset your heat um, oh yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah I don't like I'm I'm compelled I feel like the heat system like I w- maybe this is just my own bias I want it to work like say like a, a fighting game super bar yeah where same I'm building it up yeah and maybe I hit certain sticks of butter and I'm gonna unleash a big attack or I can spend <laughs> like little bits to do like ex kind of moves and I'm like playing that game between doing weaker attacks to build it up and then spending it on the big stuff. But when you get hit, even just once or twice, it's like you just lose it all. Right. So that means that you pretty much get into this, at least I end up in this rhythm where I'm just like, I'm running in, mashing a bunch, doing anything I can to hit that first bar and then activating the heat immediately just yes. to get those invincibility frames and then just keep looping that, right? Can I just get one, two, three, four, five, boom, heat, one, two, three, four, five, heat, one, two, three, four, five, and like just constantly trying to jump from heat attack to heat attack without mm-hmm. really thinking about what I'm doing. Yeah. And it, and it, you get, if you get hit, God forbid, right, and it resets your rhythm, and you then all of a sudden they move in on you and keep getting hits randomly, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel good. That, that's the part that I struggle with. I think, I think the randomness of the enemy attacks, which is almost kind of Dynasty Warriors like. A lot of times they'll either just stand there and look at you, and then suddenly one of them's going to swing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, if it didn't reset your heat, so if you weren't penalized quite so much on that in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um I would be more inclined to play differently but I think it just I just feel like I'm jumping from heat action to heat action and I don't know if that's the intent of the game but it doesn't quite it doesn't feel right even if it is. I, yeah, exactly.
0: I was going to say like even if it is an intent, it's a bad intent.
1: Yeah, I don't feel like it doesn't feel good. It feels weird and it feels like so much of the move list while cool in theory, I just don't use. I'm yeah. never going to get to use it. There's all these like really nuanced like, uh, like there, there's so much of the skill tree, which I like. I do, like, I particularly like, like the money aspect. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, like every, the whole world runs on money. you got to get money to do anything in this world, mm-hmm. including leveling up and stuff like that. I think yeah. that's a great thematic choice. And seeing all the yen fly at the circle while oh, you're leveling yes. and stuff. that's super great. Yeah. But there's so much of those trees, I don't even want to call They're not really a waste, exactly. Like, they're cool, but there's really a lot of, like, contextual stuff. Mm-hmm. You gotta be facing a certain ray or a certain yeah. enemies coming at you, and you, you hit this and spend a certain amount of heat, and it's like, it's really, really textured and nuanced. But in practice, again, I'm just mashing to get to that next heat action. Yeah, I don't have time to think about this stuff. I can't like afford to stop for two seconds. Like, I just gotta be going heat, 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 <laughs> heat, heat, and so I just don't feel like I'm using. A ton of the mechanics in the game. Yeah. A shame. Yeah,
0: I feel the same. And you were talking about penalties earlier, which, my God, t- what worse penalty is there than losing to Mr. Shakedown? You literally lose all of your money. Like, you yeah. are literally reduced to zero yen <laughs> if you lose to him. Right. So. A, a compulsive saving is the name of the game, but... Yeah, right, yeah. And honestly, the, the reason why I brought up this, I uh, asked you what your strategy was, is just so I could feel better about the strategy I took, which was just, uh, I'll just uh, wait for him to do his charge attack, dodge around behind him, hit him a couple times, back away.
1: That, uh, yeah.
0: rinse yeah. and repeat.
1: Pretty much it. And that I think that kind of like, you're either playing that weird, like with a lot of the bosses and the bigger fights, it's like you end up playing this really sort of weird uh, dodging game or mm-hmm. just blowing away heat and alpha striking. There's there's really no sense, and again, maybe this is intentional, there's really no sense of like a back and forth, like slow grind kind of thing where like you're trying to, you know, work your way in on their defense and get around certain things. Again, I, I, in my mind, I'm wanting something that's a little more um, mm-hmm. fighting game-like, I guess. Uh right. and that's really not the effect that the system has. You just you, you end up having to use some tactics sometimes against whether it's Mr. Shakedown or some of the bosses, like you end up having to do some things that just don't feel right. Like right. it doesn't yeah. feel right in fiction to fight this way. None of the cutscenes show Kira you doing the kind of like Weird shenanigans I'm having to pull to win these fights. Oh, yeah, for
0: sure. And, um, you know. and, yeah, I know exactly what you mean by you wish it was more fighting gaming because, um, it just if I was just able to at least block it, a, block a, well, you know, um, I guess what I'm really looking at is I wish it was like, I wish it had Arkham style combat because Arkham style yeah. combat is just, I, to me, it's the gold standard of like hand to hand combat yeah.
1: video. Mm hmm. I have okay. to agree. The Arkham, and they use the same system for, what, the Shadow of War and Mordor games. Yes. I, you know, like, again, Yakuza, I think, even though they're very different settings or whatever, mm-hmm. the Yakuza world and storytelling and all that blows those games out of the water. But, like, man, the Arkham games feel so good to play. Like, I would I would rather just almost play the combat challenges in those games because they feel so good to play. For sure. And, and I feel like I'm in control of what's happening and what's going on and mm-hmm. that I can learn from it or sometimes in Yakuza I'm just like uh, random stuff's about to happen here we go like, <laughs> you know and I've won some fights where I was like yeah that was just I just had a lot of stuff in my inventory I mm-hmm. didn't actually learn anything <laughs> right, I didn't have right. to to get better to progress whereas like when you play those say the Arkham games like by the end of those you're like I am Batman yes I am the knight you're like you feel so <laughs> in tune with yeah. all, like, you know everything every tool in your utility belt right like you know Mm -hmm. exactly how to get around certain enemies and stuff because there's a consistency to it Mm. um but the yakuza stuff i I want i got if yakuza could i feel like if the series and maybe it happens later on um i've gotten some friends into the series who've now blown past me in it um and they say of course that the story particularly just keeps getting better and better um Mm -hmm. but it's like I, I feel like if it could... I'm really excited to get to Like a Dragon, again, to, to talk about Dragon Quest again, because mm-hmm. um, I've been on this path of playing through the Dragon Quest games, and I love them so dearly, um, and I really love turn-based games. I yes. I really love yes. making those informed decisions. I don't even really like the Final Fantasy active time battle system all that much. Like I really don't care for that.
0: I understand. Um
1: You know, it's like it's like okay, I'm getting the menus from turn-based, but also I'm really stressed. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, it's it's just an
0: anxiety factory. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I've played the Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, Like I know exactly. Like uh, uh, eventually, I got the hang of it. But yeah, I see. I know exactly what you mean. The learning process is
1: yeah, an anxiety factory. Right. And I. But the idea of of like a dragon, which is like, what if the Yakuza games were like Dragon Quest, but also you know, so it's like a turn based battle system. I cannot mm-hmm. wait to get there. I'm like, yes, that's all I really want. <laughs> I, I love I love super informed turn based systems. I, I like action game systems too. Mm-hmm. But um, and I don't even necessarily mind when they're really difficult. Like I, I like the Ninja Gaiden games they did. Yeah. Uh, they just released the, the collection again, you know, the Team Ninja stuff. Mm-hmm. Um or uh, I I like the Devil May Cry and Bayonetta model too, where it's like you can pretty much just yeah, Eric could juggle people of, to death. Yeah, yeah, it's like you can just kind of muscle your way through a lot of those fights, but mm-hmm. that you, you're really rewarded and encouraged in a subtle kind of like earn big points, get lots of cool gubbins way to like do it really cool. Mm-hmm. The game encourages you to look cool while you win, Yes, which means you have to learn the game if you want to look really cool. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily like brutally penalize you for not knowing the system. Right, either. right, um, exactly. I, I, do, I do like that kind of action thing. And if, at times it feels like... That's what Yakuza wants to be, especially when you're fighting the little guys. Mm-hmm. But then the bosses just feel—that's, I think, the biggest mechanical hangup I have. At the game is that the little warts in the system are just that much more exposed when you're playing the bosses. They just don't feel good to play against. Whether it's Mister Shakedown or, you know, Nishiki or whatever, it's—it's—it's it's, it's just they don't—they don't feel good to fight. And I don't feel like I accomplished anything. I'm, yeah, yeah, like I don't feel like I get through them because I got better at the game. Um, whereas, say, the hostess mini game or the real estate mini game, or mm-hmm. um, you know, learning the card battle system, like I feel like I'm improving in these games. Like I have to if I want to get better. But the, for some reason, the combat set, they just it just, I don't. I, I hope they figure that out somewhere along the way. Yeah. Um,
0: Honestly, uh, to, throughout this whole conversation, um, it kind of feels like it was inevitable that they were going to go the turn based route that they didn't like a dragon because the <laughs> my little snide remark that I make about the Yakuza combat is just like, oh yeah, of course they went turn-based eventually, because they they finally grasped just how repetitive the combat in their earlier games is, so why not just make the repetitive, it's just part of the genre of and make it a turn-based.
1: Yeah, it is kind of interesting yeah. though, I don't know if I would say it's inevitable, because it almost feels like, mm. like what's going on with Yakuza is like the, res- the reverse of the rest of the industry, right? Like it feels like, it feels like much of the RPG space, or at least what a lot of Japanese developers are doing, it feels like heading in the action RPG direction, right? Even classically mm. turn-based series, right? Say, I mean, Final Fantasy's dabbled in stuff with, the, you know, its ATB has been the norm since, what, like, 4? So, but, like, the full action combat stuff of the FF7 remake is a great example of, like, that's just where the industry is now, it feels like. So for Yakuza to, to have been a... Action brawlery, kind of, you know, it, it's f- certainly far deeper and far more complex than anything that, say, Grand Theft Auto was doing. Um, but this, like, r- kind of like rich action combat system to go to a full turn based almost feels like the complete opposite of what's going on right now. Uh, um, I okay. wish more series would do that. Uh, it, so it's really interesting, I think, from that perspective, that it, it feels like, I guess, Yakuza is always going to do uh, maybe not quite the opposite, but it's doing its own thing. And sort of going, even Dragon Quest. I, I mean, we don't know what's going on with twelve, but they're they're talking a lot about big changes, at least tonally, possibly mechanically. Could Dragon Quest go action? I don't know. It might. Like, I would be deeply, <laughs> deeply hurt if it did. But you know, so it's it's interesting to me that Like a Dragon chose the path that it did, um, and got such a positive reception for it. I think I think yeah, because it was was pretty well beloved. Uh, or like a dragon i mean was, was quite well received by a lot mm-hmm. of the uh, the various people who played it like i saw quite a few people who um were not super into yakuza necessarily uh, really enjoy like a dragon i mean it is a good jumping on point oh um, yeah for sure since it's its own thing so but it, it's interesting to see that and to see them make that decision i think
0: yeah yeah and um not, not. To sp- I'm not going to spoil anything from like a dragon because, as we've established, well, before we even came on here. But um, yeah, it is a really great jumping on point because you follow mm-hmm. a completely different protagonist right from the mm-hmm. get go, so you're not mm-hmm. lost or anything. And honestly, I don't think there's. Yeah, you there, you really don't need to know anything about the previous games to even get into this mm-hmm. one because you, for the few, very few. And I emphasize this few references to the previous games um there enough context is provided that you're not just feeling the wind of the reference go over your head
1: right right yeah. and that's good yeah, yeah. I, I definitely want to i do want to play it I actually think having like your the the path you've taken of playing zero and then playing like a dragon is quite common I know mm-hmm. at least anecdotally I know quite a few people who have have done that and i i don't know if it's i mean again you <laughs> Playing through six games is a tall order no matter what. Um, But also, there's quite a few, at least I know three kind of has a reputation for being a bit of a slog. Mm -hmm. Um, So I see why a lot of people haven't gone through the middle segments, so to speak. I, for myself, I simply can't allow myself to do that. I I have to play them in order. Even if Zero technically wasn't the first release or whatever, um, I I very much benefited from playing Dragon Quest in order release order like i've been playing them through in their numerical order and i'm about to hit 11 but like watching the series grow and iterate on the same basic concepts over all these years has been it's been a very enjoyable experience to do it that way um and then huh. sometimes it bites me sometimes going doing things in order when people tell you no don't do that that's a terrible way to do it I end up having a bad time because i didn't listen to them but i i know i'm going to play through them all in order and eventually i look forward to playing like a dragon one day
0: <laughs> oh well i wish you the best of luck on your quest
1: yeah your ah. quest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah to be yeah. like a dragon quest drag yeah <laughs> 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 it's all it was all there all along all there, all... Um, i'm hoping yeah. to play kiwami 2 before the end of this year because i i've no i guess that's what it was i must have beaten i must have started um zero in 2019 and i wrapped it in the first part of 2020 and then i played kiwami last year and i would like to play kiwami 2 this year Um, once i clear some other stuff that's in my backlog (laughs) so busy so busy if you don't mind me asking like
0: well what is in your backlog
1: uh well right now i'm playing through tales of arise i haven't played Mm -hmm. a whole lot of the tales games Mm -hmm. um but tales of arise is really really shiny and new and has lots of cool cool stuff uh, so um, I, I, I had just finished in the Dragon Quest scope. I'm skipping 10 because 10's an MMO and doesn't have a US release. I know you can play it technically. like there's plenty of ways that it's like, oh, did you just make an account in Japanese language reason? And here's all the stuff means. I'm not about to play. an mmo that i that i have to like be looking up translation guides and stuff for that's yeah i'm not i'm not doing that no um and it's a potentially infinite content that's not really what i'm after Mm -hmm. um but i i beat dragon quest 9 finally a couple months ago and i knew um that i was going to when i had covid uh i I had oh you oh damn yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't fun, but yeah. I had a lot of free time to play some games, and so I did play a lot of <laughs> Dragon Quest IX and finished that. Um, but then, since I'm, I knew eleven, eleven was ironically the game that made me want to play them at all. When I really started to get the itch to play eleven, because it looked really good, I realized like, well, I really don't. I've not really played I played a little bit of Dragon Warrior One a hundred years ago, but essentially <laughs> I had no experience with the series. So I was like, well, I'll bide my time and and I'll pass the time until I get a chance to play it. Um, I didn't have a switch at the time either. Um, I was like until I, one day I can play it, so i'll I'll play through the whole series in order. So like when i i'm I'm approaching eleven now and I feel like it's probably going to be one of those games that, like, It's like the capstone of this journey I've been on for the past few years. And Mm -hmm. so it's going to be like something I want to savor and take a long time playing. So I've been kind of playing through a couple of other games between uh, the end of Dragon Quest 9 and the starting of Dragon Quest 11. It's like, all right, now's my time to clear out a couple other little games that I've been meaning to play. I'll knock these out and then I can dive into Dragon Quest 11 and it can just take over my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So... Bit of Tales of Arise, and I've been playing a bit through the story of Disguise 2, because um, mm-hmm. I haven't played it in a long, long time, and I have kind of a soft spot for the Di- Disguise games, despite all their weirdness. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've just been replaying Sekiro over and over again. Speaking of games, whose combat feels the which, most satisfying when you get the hang of it?
1: Which one now?
0: Sekiro. Shadows die twice. Oh,
1: Sekiro. Oh, I thought you said Second Omen. I was like, "What is Second Omen?" I've never heard of that. Sorry, Sekiro. Yeah. So, so are you big into the FromSoft games, or is that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. For you? Yeah, I've uh, I've actually gotten the platinum in Bloodborne, Sekiro, and Elden Ring. I'm. Um, oh wow. Yeah, Whoa. I know, right? <laughs> Whoa, easy, man.
1: Easy. <laughs> <laughs> We're all cool here. We're just friends. <laughs> <laughs> I ha- I've
0: I have finished Dark Souls three. Haven't platinum that one, but um. Mm. and uh i'm kind of struggling my way through the original dark the well the remastered dark souls because oh wow talk about first installment blues
1: um mm. <laughs> yeah I, i've played that's all i've played a bit of dark souls one mm-hmm. my buddy pat who i do super senpai podcast with yes. um he he's really also into fromsoft stuff and really pushed me to to try those games um so i have played a bit of dark souls remastered and then i've played A good chunk of Elden Ring, um, and it's finally started to click for me, but that's definitely not my forte. It's not my natural space. That's fair. Um, But I'm glad, I mean, it sounds like it really is for you. I mean, you've you've platinum multiple, (laughs) to platinum even one of them uh, (laughs) sounds like a huge feat to me, so to have multiple of them under your belt is quite the accomplishment.
0: Oh, appreciate it. Uh, Good good to know someone can uh, recognize greatness. But, um, yeah, going back to the, getting back on topic, um, one big question that I have had is, um, although as likable as, um, well, Kira uh, I would say, as far as likability goes, I think if I were to meet either of the two protagonists on the street, I would be, of course, gear more towards uh, Kiryu than the right, fucking yeah, mad you, dog, Goro You Manjibu. don't
1: want to meet Goro in a dark alley. No, 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 um. no, 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 no,
0: um... But, like, at the end of the day, they're both Yakuza, and Yakuza are gangsters, they're mobsters, like the mm. Italian mob. so mm-hmm. I'm kind of, uh, there's always, this is always in the back of my mind whenever I play these Yakuza games, is, um, I, are we playing as bad people? Is there are these? Is there like a disconnect between the portrayal I mean, yes. in these games? And, well, I mean, <laughs> obviously, of
1: the, yeah. The long and the short answer is definitely yes. Yeah, okay. um, <laughs> is Yakuza <but> I,
0: propaganda? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I wouldn't go that
1: far, right? It, it's it's definitely the same appeal as watching, you know, like a Scorsese film or something like that. Like you're you're watching a, a very romanticized depiction of this kind of like. Mm -hmm. you know, this other, this other world, this organized crime world, right? And whether it's, we're we're always compelled by these kinds of stories, right? And I Mm -hmm. think the stories of of outsiders who live by a code that isn't quite the same as the society they're without, but it has its own rules and its own mores. Mm -hmm. um, We sort of, in in some way, we live vicariously through them, and in other ways, uh, we're like, you know, there but for the grace of God, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You see this in, you know, in... um, uh, so how many um, uh Chanbara and Jidaigeki films focus on Ronin, right? Like these characters who are outside the social norm but still right. have to live by some kind of code and he's just where like they me, bump up against it, right? Yeah, he's just like me. I'm just like this Ronin. Um, <laughs> or, you know, in uh, the martial arts tales like Wuxia and stuff, you have uh, the jung Hu, which is like the sort of martial other world, this kind of parallel shadow mm-hmm. to our own. So like when you're telling stories like, part of the freedom of it is you can kind of get away with doing a lot that like normal people couldn't do mm-hmm. right. You couldn't have, you know, some nine to five salary man running around beating people with a bicycle every day. Because, <laughs> That's very, you true. know, he's, yeah. you know, these, the, a lot of those characters, those people, m- most of us, right. Us normal folks, like mm-hmm. we're more attached to society as it is. Mm-hmm. So you have more freedom with these characters, but you can't necessarily, if you show some of them as brutal as organized crime really is it, or, or as you know that not all of them are charismatic and suave romantic guys right like a lot of them are of course they're gangsters yeah you, you don't you don't get points for for attendance and being nice like they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're tough guys who do some pretty uh, unsavory stuff so but you don't want to like a forty-hour game where you're just doing horrible, brutal things to people—that is just very being true. Uh, uninteresting and just like a jerk uh, would probably not be great. So we have to, just like with Goodfellas, right, or, mm-hmm. or something like like you have to give these characters a bit of a sheen to make them to make you root for them, right? Not, right. not so much, and perhaps some people walk away and go, "Wow, organized crime." These sure. They're just wholesome chaps. Yeah, the the, code, the right? Yeah, the wow, <laughs> cool
0: robot effect. Yeah, yeah,
1: right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure there's some of that. Obviously, yeah. um, but obviously it, it's a fictitious version. And I mean, for one thing, I don't know if any man as wholesome as Cure you could ever really exist. He is. The ultimate, and he's the ultimate ideal. Hopefully, everyone knows he's fiction. None of us can be as good as him. We can't measure up to that.
0: I mean, you know, honestly, let's get into that a bit more. Um, Like, (laughs) would you say Kiryu is a himbo?
1: I mean, yeah, he's definitely dumb and nice and strong. So he certainly fits a lot of those criteria. Um, The added element, of course, is that (laughs) Kiryu is very much... Um, not a sex haver, right? He's definitely Mm-mm. like, he, he's just Mm-mm. kind of like a really big eight-year-old in that sense. He's chaste, like a, yeah, yeah. He's very chaste. He has no interest in it. He's not even really disgusted by it or anything. He's just kind of like neutral. The thing that I'm, yeah, it's complete like neutral state. Like I'm, see, you're doing a thing or you're talking about a thing, and I'm seeing that. Sure, <laughs> like. <laughs> You know,
0: <laughs> I'm not really sure if "dumb" is the right word for him. I think he's just uninformed, but he's because if there's one thing about this guy, he's willing to learn and experience things or learn through experience. Like, right? That I mean, for,
1: I don't, I don't know if if the himbo quality of dumb is necessarily about like a lack of intelligence, but there is a sort of naivete to it. The, ah, the, that makes and sense. And that Kiryu makes sense. Is he 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 is night. He's lived so much, and yet in other ways, so very little. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like he understands, like he 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 knows all the horrible things he may have to do to keep Haruka safe. Mm-hmm. But also, I think if you told him a stork dropped her off, he might believe it. Like he might be like, for okay, sure, hey, for sure, sure. <laughs> sure. Babies come from storks. That's fine. Whatever. I yeah. guess. <laughs> like he, he's he's just kind of a he's a goofy dude. I I would qualify him as himbo as a himbo okay yeah, yeah. all right yeah you okay. make a compelling argument
0: um I, I i am kind of curious that does kind of beg the question It was like what is he ex- what exactly is he doing in those uh little boots with the vhs's huh
1: <laughs> well that's yeah. between him and the lord And
0: that close-up shot of the box of tissues at the end. Anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He had to blow his nose, canonically. Canonically, he had a boogie. He had a bat in the attic.
0: You said boogie, and uh, the first thing that popped into my head was, um, there's this whole series of side quests where he has to basically play bodyguard to the Thinly Veiled parody of Michael Jackson. Right and oh my gosh, I will never forget. This is the best example of an unwinnable boss fight I have ever seen. There's the you have to go up against him in the disco dancing minigame. Have you played this? Have, have you?
1: Yeah, 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 and it's not. And it, it
0: goes about as well as going into a dance competition with the real Michael Jackson. You get yeah, floored. Exactly. <laughs> That's wonderful. You're oh just, man! There's
1: no chance there. I, I, that I don't know. That really speaks to me is how much of the the mini games and the side stories stand out um, and really stick with you. And everybody's got their little favorite. But mm-hmm. there's also that really compelling and strong mafia narrative and that the sort of the heartbreak. Um, God. That really serious, strong central narrative that is about so much and yet so little at the same time. Right. I mean, it, mm-hmm. and it, I think it also very well um embodies the sort of bubble era and capitalism boom and bust cycle and stuff all of this is uh, ultimately it hinges on this just completely innocuous little plot of land that doesn't have it doesn't really even have anything of value but as a speculative asset right It's raw square footage yep it it comes with power Right, it it, it, it yeah. has so much value, even though it is, for all intents and purposes, a worthless back alley.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. To um, the to the it only has values through the eyes of the yakuza. Because I probably walked past that uh, that exact alley in game maybe hundreds of times. I didn't. I I couldn't tell you where it was. I can't point right. to it on the map. And right. yeah, that like that right I, there is the whole futile just the theme in a nutshell of just what the what are we what are they fighting
1: for right and what is all all the bloodshed yeah oh yeah all the bloodshed and like this all the inhuman things that that we do to one another over something that is that really has no value like people Mm -hmm. have value Mm -hmm. like fundamentally it's about the people that have value and how we need to protect them and cherish them Mm -hmm. but these people are willing to do all these horrible things over what is it's not even really enough space to do anything with right again it's a it's a speculative asset Mm -hmm. that you could sell and move and make money off of it it's a way to generate profit it's not even like a it's not even a business right it's not even something like you know the little the little mom and pop store on the corner where kiryu goes and gets his barbecue from or something like that like it's not even that like it's just it's just an empty plot
0: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm and yeah (laughs) and just an empty plot and all that um yeah uh transitioning now to a. Uh, I i want to talk more a little bit about goro that we could kind of reach an ending point um the way that i like to describe goro Majima to my friends and and tell i mean tell me your thoughts on this um i tell people that he's joker hardware operating on harley quinn software
1: <laughs> that's not a bad way to put it. Not a bad way to put it at all. Yeah, because
0: um. the, my rationale behind that was um although the outwardly he is the, I mean the Joker comparison is shouldn't be I shouldn't have to explain that too much. He's basically right. I this is more appropriate than you think. He he is basically Mark Hamill's Joker and uh, oh, right, yeah. yeah the, <laughs> right, the fact that Mark Hamill voiced him at one point, but that's a story for another day.
1: Yeah. I mean, Yakuza yeah. Zero is the Jokerification of Goro Majima, right? It is. Like, this is his, his Joker descent, uh, if you will. Which he's definitely, he's like the devil on Kiryu's shoulder, but there is no angel on the other shoulder, really.
0: <laughs> Kiryu um, himself is the angel. As we've established. Yeah, it,
1: <laughs> it, it, it's Haruka, right? Like, just sitting on his shoulder. Although that doesn't really pop up in Zero yet. Um, but eventually, mm-hmm, eventually it will be that. Um.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, we're, where the Harley Quinn um, metaphor comes in, besides the baseball bat, is he's got a code. And mm-hmm. he has been put through the ringer. And ultimately, even though, yeah, he'll, he'll sever a few fingers if he has to, but only for those who deserved it. <laughs> And, right. He's, and he is. He's been put through the wringer, and which is why I say, despite all of that, he has come out of it as. I guess I can't think of a better way to put it. He did. He really did come out of it as a better person, and that sounds kind of weird, but I I really do believe that.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. it's really interesting. Zero serves as because. Because Zero was developed later, mm-hmm. um, after the series had really taken off, it's interesting to see how. Um, whereas Yakuza One, which would eventually you know become Kiwami and the remake and all that stuff, mm-hmm. Yakuza One is pretty much the original. Is the Kiryu story and Majima is a character in that story, but as the series goes on being the foil to Kiryu becomes such a prominent and important role that he plays and he becomes so popular, by the time they release Zero, right, it's really both of their games, right? Mm. And they, oh, yeah. when they did the remakes for Kawami and Kiwami 2 and so forth, right, like they add in, like, the original Yakuza 1 did not have anywhere near as much Majima. They added in a bunch of stuff when they remade Kiwami to make it better reflect the fact that Goro had taken up such a large... Um, kind of space in the fans you know kind of imagination of of Kamurocho and how popular he was um, which again is you know reflective of i, I don't think it's a thing where people are like ah i want to be like Goro Majima or i want to meet and be friends with Goro Majima <laughs> some people are but right. you know he like like any good villain um, mm-hmm. he allows you to kind of he he acts in a in mostly whatever way he wants to which is that kind of liberating element of being a fan of a villain, right? Yes. You don't want it to go too far, but you do love a villain that, that just does kind of whatever they want to do and really acts on their impulses and desires, and, and Majima very much does that. Oh, yeah.
0: It, one of the few times where I'm just like, oh, yay, Majima did a few things wrong, but we still like him.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't
0: say he did nothing wrong, but yeah, yeah he... Yeah, I still love him. <laughs> I still love him. God yeah, bless him. I'm
1: not I'm not going up there and, and saying he's innocent. I'm not taking that on the stand, but <laughs> I, I, I do... I do feel for him I too would become the joker if what happened to him had happened to me so uh
0: yeah for sure for <laughs> sure and and uh you know let me let me just say just to close this put a nice cap on this is um the final scene in the final cutscene it just cemented my love of the whole trope of the prequel showing the first in universe happening of a running gag and of course. Mm. In this particular instance, it's Goromajima gleefully yelling, Kiryu chan! Uh,
1: right, yeah. <laughs> Iconic. Yes, right? the very
0: first in universe Kiryu chan. Mm. And I, I'm just like, and then of course the credits roll after that because how else do you yeah. end a prequel? Uh, yeah, a Yakuza
1: prequel. <laughs> Right, there it is. You're done.
0: (laughs) So, alright, yeah. Um, So yeah, just um, closing thoughts now on the game is that, yeah, the combat's a little clunky, but it's a... At the end of the day, it is a... Its heart is in the right place and it Mm -hmm. wears its heart like a crown. Um, Mm -hmm. It's all about the human relationships and just the little ways that all of our lives connect. And, of course, Although, I kind of want to take back what I said about um, it's speculated this might be Yakuza, quote unquote, pro Yakuza propaganda, because fighting over just that little square of concrete, it was not worth all that bloodshed. And that is just no, right. business as usual for that kind of mm. lifestyle. So, right, yeah, the, the robot is not cool.
1: Yeah it is not cool. I mean the robot is cool, but... <laughs> I, I I I you, you the
0: just... Grant, I'm doing a yeah. thing here. Come on. <laughs> You're sorry, not... sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> but yeah, um yeah. yeah, the robot is cool, but it's cool. what it's used for, then it's mm-hmm. yeah, that's the Oh man. Yeah,
1: it's a it's a great series and even if it's not I mean, a lot of games I think are sold purely on either story aspects or their aesthetics or The mechanics, and I think Yakuza manages to to do um, the human element in everything. You know, is a triple plus S tier, incredible. Just like the way it characterizes people, and the way it writes people, and the way it invests you in the world is so, so, so good Mm -hmm. that even when it turns in, you know, a B plus in the combat system, it's not that big a deal. When certain parts of it don't fully flesh out, and there's like you're like. "Ah, this is a little creaky here at the edge but it's it's fine like it mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because the game is so good at everything else and you are so invested um in a way that other games simply i, I just don't think a lot of other games i mean it is very much of someone who loves film it is mm-hmm. very much like watching a 40 or 50 hour mafia film that you really like the, the best mafia film you've ever seen Right. And also you play some stuff at certain points and, you know, you blow up helicopters or something, I guess. But it's a really gripping, emotional tale about these characters that also has some pretty darn good gameplay and lots of fun minigames and lots of cool people to meet in a space that you come to know really well uh, by the end of it.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. So um, I think I think that's a good uh, stopping point. Um, Grant, where can the people find you?
1: Uh, well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at GrantTheThief, doing all of my usual nonsense tweetery. Um, <laughs> you can also find me on the three podcasts that I host, yes. uh, Blade Licking Thieves, uh, where me and some buddies sit on the couch and review uh, Asian films and media. Uh, Super Senpai Podcast, where me and my buddy Pat um, watch a lot of tokusatsu and talk video games and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, Adventure Tomes, where me and my buddy Paula uh, review either um, works of fiction with the intent of turning them into uh, role-playing game campaigns, or we review role-playing game books and talk about the stories uh, that you could tell in those kinds of systems. Um, And then you can also find me writing for Anime News Network. I do uh, the One Piece reviews, uh, as well as other seasonal stuff and various manga and whatever comes my way. So I'm in a couple of places. <laughs> yes.
0: And um, I, I say this, uh, the, I said this in the last two times you appeared on the show, but uh, please send him all of your Nico Robin fan art.
1: Yes, please. Yes. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> I need it to live. <laughs> Sustenance. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right and um well as for us um the name of the show is busted limes you could follow us on Twitter at busted limes pod we added the pod because it turns out that the having a podcast with just the initials BL could be kind of problematic um but yes uh on that once again that is at busted limes pod if you want to follow me individually my name is paresh Maharaj you can find me at noblekind 92. And if you want to follow my co-host Black Belt, he is available at Black Belt One Nine Nine Eight, and he is currently addicted to Common Rider memes. So mm. yes. <laughs> he's actually showing me. Uh, I don't know if you saw our little um, live live tweeting, quote unquote, in the Movies and TV channel, but um, he's showing me Common Rider Double right now.
1: Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Yes. The
0: indoctrination is almost complete.
1: Mm, uh-huh. Good, double, double was my first common writer. Oh, so nice, yeah. yeah, a lot of people's first.
0: Well, now we know when your next appearance is going to be.
1: Uh, be glad to be back. Hell yes!
0: <laughs> all right, so um, thank you, Grant, for coming on the show once again. Here is to many Thanks more. Thanks for having me. Uh huh, it's always a pleasure. And um, to all of you listeners, thank you for busting a lime with
1: us. Stone, 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 stone.